Hey everybody, welcome to the first podcast to exclusively stream on Disney+. Plus. This is the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam, and we're very excited to talk about uh, Max Keeble Goes Feral today. Uh, and we have a very special guest with us. Uh, hi, my name is Joseph Salamone, um, and I'm very excited to be on uh, for the um, feral edition of the Zillennial Canon. You know, we had to get the most feral boy we know mm-hmm. um, on this pod because, I in many ways, in months. Yeah, in and this. well, not only that, but you too, Joe. You also do big moves on a daily basis. <laughs> we th- <laughs> we just wanted to have you on because I felt like this would be good representation for you. Thank you, thank you. As a, as a big mover myself, I, it's nice to see myself represented on screen. So so clearly and so respectfully as well i I, this is how i imagine um little girls felt when they watched wonder woman you know yes definitely this is how i felt when i uh, saw the country bears for the first time honestly i identify with max keeble because before dropping out of college i didn't return my mailroom key or separate my recycling so that my school got fined by the city of new york so i feel represented by this movie as well you know, I feel represented by this movie because I, too, have a feud with my ice cream man. And <laughs> See, I feel represented because I'm white, and there's a lot of white people in the movie. So it was nice yeah. to see us off screen. You know, well, it, it's rare I'm that bad. that happens. Yeah, um, there's not really... I wish we could get a superhero. I think that'd be a big step forward for us. Well, I'm glad that we all, um, that we all found a place here. Um, so, <laughs> Joe... <laughs> You've yeah. never seen this movie before. No. Um, Adam said, do you want to be on the cast? And I said, sure, what's the movie? And he said, Max Keeble. I thought he. I thought this movie was called Max Keebler's Big Movie. And I was trying to find I, it for I was like, like a whole... I was trying to find it, and I was like, Max Ke- where's Max Keebler? And I found out that's not the title of the movie. Well, Is this like the Shazam situation? Like with the genie? <laughs> the Bernstein Bear yes. Theory or whatever? Where... Yeah. There's like false memories from your childhood that aren't. Maybe Max Keeble is actually a Keebler elf, like the cookies. I mean, he is a short king, so we. Oh yeah, he is the ultimate short king with his tall queen Jenna. You know, I told Kira this. <laughs> I we have a policy where we don't text too much during the movies to have authentic reactions to them on the pod, you know. But I had to tell her. I took more notes for this movie than I have than any movie that I've watched in film class. Um, um, I have my notes section on my phone. It's I have to like I'm still scrolling like right oh, now. Oh, I like, handwrite them. I write pages and pages of notes for each movie, and then I take great pleasure in crumbling them up and throwing them away afterwards. <laughs> this um, yeah my okay yeah so my first note. Um, not to jump it right in, but my first note was Max Keeble is a short king. Um, it's true. Yeah, and I think that sets the tone. Um, should we go ahead and... I guess Joe can't really participate in this section, but should we share our memories with this movie? Yeah, you share first. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Blockbuster or if it was Hollywood Video, but one of the two, I did not... I, had, I got banned from one of them because... Or not banned, but like I couldn't go back to either of them because I kept Max Cable for so long that the late fees were so crazy that I could never return to that store. Because um, my mom like refused to pay like $50 of late fees for Max Cable's big move. Um, so it got me 
like exiled from either Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. I want to say Hollywood Video. I'm not positive. Um, as for the movie, it's a movie that I just I I remember eating um, kids cuisine the first time I watched it, um, sitting down on my living room floor and laughing my ass off at every gag in this movie. Um, and there's I, a lot of them. Yeah, there, it, this is a very uh, there's a lot of bits in this film, I would say. Um, I, it's just one of those movies where it's like, is it good? I don't... Yes. Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I have a very weird specific memory with it, which is just, I watched it at least once a year, and I don't know why, but I did. Yeah. Um, and my school had it, so we watched it like a lot in after school, because I was in after school when I was a kid. I remember um, eating Lean Cuisine and watching Solo when I was a little kid on my living room floor. So it's funny. <laughs> not uh, even, not even a joke, but like I was about to say, every time I eat pad thai, I just think of Jean Dielman and I get really upset because the first time I watched Jean Dielman, I was eating pad thai. <laughs> That's the way I would remember pad thai is just a lonesome woman. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of sad women, uh, I don't know where I'm going with it. Yes. <laughs> Kira, what did you think of Max? <laughs> speaking of sad, lonely women, um, this was like one of my favorite movies um, growing up, and I haven't watched it in a while. And I was genuinely really happy to see that it was on HBO because. Yeah, can we talk about that real quick? What a <laughs> random find today that it was just on HBO Go for no and reason. I don't think it's going anywhere soon because that account that's like, here's what's not on Disney Plus. This is not going to be on Disney Plus for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> so this movie, um, I would watch it all the time. I believe it was like on like stars a lot as a kid and like for like a period of my life I had stars and it was always on like stars kids and family. Yeah. Um it's really the height of luxury. Stars. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or like encore. Oh, um, don't even get me started on encore. <laughs> but I would always watch it with like my siblings and we would always joke around about it and like even my parents liked it which is like rare for like a kids movie. Um and me and my cousin would always quote it, and I would always forget that this quote is from this movie, but the principal saying, the smelly goat will not steal my car. <laughs> um, we would literally say that all the time. Um, yeah, I don't, like, I don't even really know what else to say regarding memories, but that it was always on in my house. Um, it's I, just such a 2003 movie. It's like, 2001. But it feels 2003. Because you know I, mean? I was going to pivot into the release of this movie. So this movie had a budget of $25 million and it only made back 18 which I think it probably made it back since then. However, I think the reasoning why this only made $18 million is because it was released on October 5th, 2001, not even a month after 9-11. <laughs> yeah, I've um I've read takes on this. Um, I think primarily from you. Um, also from friend of the pod Drew Deedson from We Bought a Mic. Um, I think he's done a whole segment on uh post nine eleven. Po- yeah, well post nine eleven, but specifically Max Keeble in relation to <laughs> post nine eleven. Wait, are you kidding? Why wasn't he on this episode? I I don't. I Alfred Joe 
this episode before I even knew what movie you were picking. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Big Fat Liar, so... Um, it's fine. Um, I, I might try to get Drew on for the Redux episode of Max Keeble, because right, I know was... we're going to have so much to talk about. We'll have him on for, like, a 9-11. Just kidding. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, no, we got to get Jeremy Johns on for that one. Oh yeah, God. I think a 9-11... Yeah. Zillennial. Zillennial canon episode with Jeremy Johns is the is the grand finale of this this endeavor. Yes, I I think that's our end game. That'll be our last episode because we'll be canceled. Yeah. Um, Both so, literally and figuratively. <laughs> so can we talk about how this movie opens in a very dramatic way um, with Jamie Kennedy? as an evil ice cream man um, who somehow knows karate. He uh, goes feral. Yeah, okay, so there are it many... a very uh, 2003 impression of a karate master. Yeah, that was yeah. a bit um, questionable. I was yeah, like, is I, this, what is this? You know, when it started. Yeah, I was like, is this problematic? As soon as yeah, it started, I was like, like yeah, it's gonna be like probably, super yeah. offensive, because I... I, I, uh, it, it's a quite the opening to the movie, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I gotta say, people, they might try to cancel Jamie Kennedy, but they're gonna find out that there's nothing to cancel. Um, Tony so, plays himself in the opening of this movie. Yeah, so this, I, I don't even know where to start, really. Like, this, it, it feels like a fever dream, this movie. It almost doesn't feel like I believe an actual crew of people spend months making it um because it's so like sporadic and weird and specific um like i can't believe that someone sat down and typed max keeble's big move and then wrote all everything that happens in this movie oh like um one time i had to keep a dream journal for a class and i had to keep it next to my bed and i because i always have the weirdest dreams and i always forget them in the morning and one time I woke up to a note next to my bed that said feminist Max Keeble's big move. <laughs> and I thought that was a good idea at like 3 a.m. So I can believe that somebody wrote that. I you would know, say Max Keeble is a feminist, though. Um, yeah, probably. I would, I would say he's not. Um, he he <laughs> uses women in this movie to his advantage. Um, there, I, I, one of my, not to jump ahead, which is our catchphrase, but... Um, one of my notes was, uh, is Max Keeble a problematic main character? Um, I don't think he is. I think, you know, he... No, he... because he cares for animals, first of all. He hangs out with his friends in a junkyard. I don't know why that makes him not problematic. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, where are you going with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just charming. Like, he's not, like, causing a ruckus. Like, he's literally just... Um, <laughs> He's saving animals, and he's chilling with his friends. But he's also manipulating the entire school for his own personal gain. But also, I would do the same thing. <laughs> okay, fair point. Fair and I'm point. A good I think the main thing friend. about Max Keeble is that he he, he's, he doesn't cause a ruckus at the beginning, and I think that's makes, that instantly makes him empathetic to us audience members. Right. Um, I, I, too, am a... Uh... I, I too do not cause ruckuses that often, so I can See, respect. I used to, back in my day, I used to cause ruckus, but now, as the older, mature uh, coffee drinker that I am, I, 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 I reflect on my past and see that the ruckus I caused caused no good. And you know, this movie—it's really about a man's journey 
into not causing a ruckus anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, can there's one other. The next note I have, uh, it's pretty soon after um, when he actually like wakes up from this wacky dream he's having where he fights Jamie Kennedy. Um, I just want to talk about the dad and all his stupid costumes that he wears oh, throughout this that. movie. A stupid um, costume is just a like 2000s thing. Yeah. Um, he, this is very reminiscent of like I know this isn't a movie, but like the dad on Drake and Josh, or um, yeah, you know, like just a dad who's always like wearing something goofy. He's like, "What? What are you laughing at?" Like <laughs> he's like wearing like a f- fucking like peach or something. Like yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, he's, dad's he's by your name, Stan. Yeah. 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 Um, dad's in movies like always work in advertising, and they always have to like move for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like bumbling idiots but also very supportive and i mean we've already kind of talked about this on past stuff i feel like almost every episode we've talked about this a little bit like the dad in rv um who the dad who's randomly in the cia you know yeah. we've talked about it almost ad nauseum but i'm sure we're gonna talk about it a billion more times on this pod because it's yeah. such a trope um but his first costume in this movie he's in a giant lobster outfit love that. um yeah uh you know, this is what I wear on Friday nights when I'm with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, when me and Joe are cracking open some white claws, this is what I yeah. this is my attire. No, well, red claws. Watching, oh, uh, red. <laughs> um, yeah, that's this is me after one red claw. I love. I, I, uh, <laughs> I do some big moves. Uh, this is a. <laughs> I'm just gonna try to stay on track because this is very sporadic so far. Um. This movie, like, really follows those big tropes that we've talked about, where, like, the 2000s kids movies, the rivals are either, like, big-ass corporate stooges or, like, random people, like an ice cream man or just the concept of, like, real estate and capitalism. And it's both in this movie, right? Cause, it's like, all of them. Yeah, 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 because, um, I mean, so you have the ice cream man who we don't... Why is he... That, why does he not like Max Keeble again? Because they have the same route. He found, a just... co- he found a cockroach in his ice cream, and Max Keeble's right. mom like, called the town on him or whatever. Uh, Does that happen okay. in the movie? I, don't re- I just watched it, and I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he said it, but like it wasn't shown. I, showed uh, I was watching the, the, TV, the, the edited for TV version, so that might have been on the cutting room floor. Oh. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, That's like it, a very important piece of exposition. I just thought it was. Well, I thought he was just a wacky guy. You know? Yeah, same. <laughs> you know, you gotta watch the Snyder cut of uh, Max Keeble. <laughs> the Snyder Holmes. cut of Max Keeble. <laughs> uh, where's the other two and a half hours that are missing from this movie? I would love to watch this movie for a solid three and a half hours, honestly. I would love to see. You know how Boyhood took like 12 years to make? I would like to see if they were secretly filming a sequel to Max Keeble um, and where he's at now. In well, that won't work because Max Keeble, he doesn't act anymore. He has a master's degree in urban and regional planning from UCLA. Is this true? Yes. He got it in 2017. Alex what? D. Lins. Well, Max Keeble himself is still acting up and causing shenanigans in real life, but the actor who portrayed him in the documentary adaptation uh, does no longer act. I gotta see what is Alex Deedlin's height today. He's five he's, nine now. He's okay. not grown an inch. So. He's still taller than me. <laughs> he um, you know, okay. He does not look like how I imagined him looking like. Does he have an Instagram? I'm gonna look. Um, you know, 
Alex Delins, uh I, I'm just gonna say it. He's a king. Uh, I know we. Uh, what's the guy from Hoot's name again? Um, Mother Fingers. Uh, I don't even remember anymore, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we awarded him the king uh, award. I, I think we're gonna try to do an honorary king whenever like, we feel the need. All. He doesn't do king of the month, but whenever we see a king and we're like, yeah, that's a king, we're going to be like, we're going to honor it to them. So, Alex so next week, are you going to give Timothy Chalamet the king award? Because he's the king and the king. Um, oh, and this episode of uh, the Zonal podcast, or the Zonal canon, is sponsored by Netflix's The King, which you can stream mm-hmm. next week. The next David Mitchell joint. Yes. Um, so oh we've my talked God, about I would love to have that Netflix money. <laughs> so... We, if one of the next scenes we're introduced to their his friend group on the bus, um, first of all, you have Josh Peck in a ridiculous robe. Um, I honestly, I've always wanted that robe in real life. I, 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 it always annoyed me, and I'm because I'm always that guy that I'm like, why, buddy? It's like, like, does this take place in like L.A.? I forgot. Like, Probably. I don't even know where it takes place, but like, it's, it takes it, place in society, Adam. Yeah, that's right. It's um, that's what the mess movie's about. It's about that we're actually all just part of a society. Well, um, I think I think this movie's very telling because in, in in 1980 you had to throw Joker into a vat of acid to create him, but now you should have to throw Max Keebler into his his school, and that's really where his descent starts. And I think that's or, a really striking. What arc. happens when you cross a short king with a society? <laughs> That wants that, him to move to Chicago. <laughs> he tears down his animal farm. Oh, wait. Sh- is this a good time to uh, tell my uh, text from you earlier, Kira? Um, I don't do remember call- what I texted you. So no, it was sure. me. No, it's like what I told you. Um, oh. In regard to our uh, Ginger King. Um, oh my god, I'm going to be him for Halloween straight up, the bully from this. I literally, as I was watching it, I looked into my closet, just, I looked across my room at my closet, and I have his whole entire outfit. Um, so, McGintley, uh, this is my quote from McGintley, I used to think my life was a tragedy. Now I know <laughs> it's just a game with my favorite Highland frock. <laughs> Joe, what did you think about that, the frog? Um, I thought the frog was a nice addition to the film, <laughs> and I think it really showcases that uh, deep down, our biggest enemies are nothing more than human like the rest of us. Dang. All right, that wraps it up, guys. That episode <laughs> Um, can I also admire that the first, um... Not the first line, but one of the first lines that Josh Peck has in this movie is a can rolls past him on the bus, and then he picks it up and he says, "Sweet, a can." Um, <laughs> I he bothers me in this movie. I don't know. It's not him specifically, but his character. I've always not liked him. Like I've really? always. Maybe it's just my issue where I'm like, I I just want to ask him why he is the way he is. <laughs> Like, every choice he makes in this movie annoys me a little bit. Um, Is it I, not enough to just accept Josh Peck at face value? I, um, you know, maybe you're right. It's just I I, I can't get past it sometimes. 
Um, but I think if you understood the way Josh Peck was in this film and why his character was, he would lose that 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 it factor. You know, it's the mystery that makes his performance compelling. You know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree, Joe. Adam, you're wrong. I it's, I'm used it's to it. It's disappointing that a, a a podcast host wouldn't pick up on something like that. You know. You can be the new host of Zelino Cannon, Joe. It's, yeah, uh, bye, Adam. Hang up. Hang up okay. the ball, Adam. Bye. All right, Joe, I have bye. to go pick my oranges anyways. It's okay. Friendship um, ended with Adam. Now Joe is my best friend. <laughs> wow. This is exciting. Um, damn. Well, I'm going to finish this episode since I'm contractually obligated, but this is my last episode of the Zelino Cannon. Yeah, um, actually, you're breaking your contract right now, so you have to pay me $500,000 because you're no longer... <laughs> it's fine i that that's i, I get it it's acceptable hey I'm adam terrible. can you give me two thousand dollars please yeah <laughs> i mean how else are we gonna get the math for spies in the skies um so anyways just so we can wrap this last episode up um i <laughs> uh the next i i, I want to talk about the principal in this movie love him yeah um in my notes i said I'm, I forgot what I was thinking in this moment, but um, he's in. I kind of relate him to the cop in Hoot, where he's just a bumbling idiot trying to be yeah. an authority figure. He, um, he, his performance. This is. I'm gonna drop the bit. His performance is very reminiscent of Alec Baldwin in Cat in the Hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just uh, like yeah, an authority he, figure that's just like an idiot. Just a little yeah. wackadoodle, you know. Um, yeah, and he's always like on the announcements, uh, just being a fucking goof. Speaking uh, of the cat in the hat, um, what? his secretary, Miss Rangoon, oh, right. is Mrs. Kwan from Cat in the Hat. I feel oh. so bad for her. Like, she literally always plays like this bit with like a really wacky, like, kind of, sort of, like, questionable name. And she was in Big Fat Liar, too, wasn't she? Um, I think so. She's in, like, everything. Like She's, she's one like, of Marty Wolf's people in that movie. She's, like, um, a character actress, but, like, she never actually plays a character. Like, she just, like, is there. Mm-hmm. And, I know she was in the first Spider, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, even. Like, she's still doing it. Christ. Yeah, I mean, I if you found your niche, go for it, dog, you know? Yeah. yeah. I can't is her name Amy was... Hill? Is that her? I think so. I can't believe her name was literally Mrs. Rangoon, though. Like, Crab Rangoon. Ugh, Jesus. I um, Crab Rangoon right now. Sh- oh, she was the doctor in Herbie Fully Loaded. We okay. we stand a working queen. Um, Maybe we'll cover that movie in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, so enough about Mrs. Hill as much as we love her. We'd love to have her on the pod someday. Mm. This is actually um, a, a I feel Lauren like Hill invited her on podcast. the pod. I, I feel like she would accept honestly yeah. like what else um, is she saying you know what i'm gonna get imdb pro just to get her contact information and get i on the might pod. have a login from old internships dang we can just kidding let's just have kidding. her yeah if anybody is listening here uh, uh, unless she's like i'm this is not what i'm going to do and then flash <laughs> forward to five episodes we have her on the podcast <laughs> special guest mrs kwan but in the form in the form of like when she turns into the boat in the cat in the hat can we actually just get her on the pod to do a live script reading of the cat in the hat and she only reads mrs kwan's dialogue i would lose my mind i think max keebler has um 
really energetic uh, camera work. Uh, oh, well, thank you for getting us back on track, Joe. Um, oh, speaking of the camera work, this film was shot by a man named Arthur Albert. And I don't know if you guys know anything about him, but based on these junkyard scenes and Max Keeble's big move, um, me and my boyfriend, we were watching it one time, and he goes, why do the junkyard scenes kind of look like Breaking Bad? It was a cinematographer that has worked on Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Oh, hold on. I'm on the IMDb right now. It's really disappointing that his career has fallen off since then. You know, he does something so, <laughs> much, something so quintessential as Max. And then he, he does some two-bit show that no one cares about. Yeah, it's really disappointing that he went from Max Keeble to El Camino. I mean, really, what a step down. <laughs> and honestly, it's kind of funny, in all seriousness, that like I'm looking at his IMDb right now. It's Max Keeble's big move. And then ER, and then like just a few later, it's like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Like, what a weird transition. Like, who? I I like to imagine that Vince Gilligan was watching Max Keeble one day, and he was like, "Yeah, we need that guy." He probably got. I mean, I I assume Max Keeble, and then I I figured he probably had some. There's some crossover between this and like Malcolm in the Middle, and then Brian Cranston was like, "You should come to this show." Yeah. Um. One of the kids, like, the uh, middle brother, the one that's not Malcolm, the one that's in the middle, but that's not Malcolm, um, I forget <laughs> his name, but he is, like, one of, like, the yearbook, like, journalist kids in this, like, the one that, like, carries around the tripod. Oh, yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, another thing, this script was written by um, Aaron Sorkin, I think is his name, and he went on to write <laughs> The Social Network? I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. Um, you I know, think that movie made up the social networking site Facebook, if that's what I'm... Like, they, like, made it up as, like, a viral marketing scheme. And apparently oh, Jesse Eisenberg I, just did it to get funding for Adventureland, so I don't... Um, I like to believe that if Max Keeble had a Facebook, um, <laughs> he would poke his friends and ask them to go to the diner with him to drink some sick milkshakes. I oh, still put people i only have three people who consistently poke me back but we've crossed a thousand so this movie and, and one of them is writers. me does it really yeah and only one of them like you can click through on imdb <laughs> um you know for a movie with so many different threads running through it i'm not really surprised because wait he wrote unsane <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I like how this episode just does finding out revelations about who's worked on this film. Wait, he has written or co-written several movies, including Max Keeble's Big Move, Just My Luck, which is also a classic, um, The Spy Next Door, and Unsane. Wait, which guy is this one of the three? Um, James Greer. Okay. Hold on. And he's yeah. currently writing another script for Soderbergh to produce. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Did he do a laundry mat? Yeah. No. I was, okay, yeah, Just My Luck, which I have seen. Uh, I love that movie. Classic. Um, we'll cover it eventually. This guy did Larry the, the Cable Guy. Oh um, the guy he did Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector. Um, let's see who directed this. Kira, do you know off the top of your head or no? I have him um, pulled up oh, right now. I have his filmography actually written down. So it's, it's directed by. Spam. Yeah, I do have to say. It, and I'll we're literally say. gonna cover like all these movies. It's crazy. 
Um, his name is Tim Hill. His directorial debut was Muppets from Space. He oh, also nice. directed Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the live action film, Hop, and he was a writer on the SpongeBob movie. I can't lie. When you said Hop, I thought you were about to say Hobbs and Shaw. Um, oh God, but... it's just, it was on your mind. Yeah, that's can like we talk- a solid lineup though. Like we're literally gonna cover almost all those movies. If yeah, not. for sure. And oh, he did Kablam. He did like episodes of Kablam too. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and also he's doing that movie War with Grandpa, which filmed in 2015, and yet it's still not out. Oh, good. Um, I really have hope in in that. Yeah. Um, we love uh, Mr. Hill. If you're listening to the pod, we'd love to have you on the show one day. Um, uh, maybe for the Tale of Two Kitties episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so after <laughs> after uh, he makes the buffoon of himself on the announcements, um, can we talk about Little Romeo in this movie? That um, is the weirdest addition to the film, I think. He plays himself, Little Romeo. Yeah, that's the I'm weirdest part. That. Is that his name? Yeah, because um, because on the when the teacher's doing roll call, she's like Little Romeo, and he's <laughs> he's like. <"Hey." laughs> And then the teacher says, Lil Romeo is in the house. I'm down with that. And he just, like, shakes his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I, I still... I'm trying to understand this movie because I'm trying to dissect it because it's very subtle with its um, <laughs> themes. But, like, it's like... So if Little Romeo is Little Romeo in this universe, does that mean that it takes place in the same show as Romeo, the Nickelodeon show? And if so... And Romeo takes place in the same universe as iCarly and Drake and Josh. So if that happens, does this all take place in one Nickelodeon Disney universe? Like, no, I was thinking about that because it's weird. I guess like back in the day, like in like the early two thousand, like the early early two thousands, there wasn't as much of like a hold on like um, like corporations having on like stars because I feel like now um like nickelodeon stars work with nickelodeon and like that's it and this was a disney movie and i'm pretty sure josh was on nickelodeon at this point like not in drake and josh but like in uh, in the amanda show and stuff like all that that, right and uh yeah and like the amanda show so it's like crazy that he was in a disney movie and like not like crazy but like it's weird to see that like they branched out across lines because i feel like now it's like like distinct like who's in disney stuff and who's in stuff. this might be a dumb question but the dad in this movie is dad Liz mcguire right yeah okay i thought i didn't imdb it but i was pretty sure it was no because he's very um, hairy i think the the one friend in this movie i think he he, had, he was in drake josh right yeah that was um that was drake oh, and drake yeah, josh yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Okay. he yeah. was on i think he was on like vine or something i don't know yeah. yeah, I know him from uh, the Dobrik vlog squad, honestly. Was Fun story. I went to go see that stupid breakdance movie he did in 2013 um, just to meet him at a screening. And he, I shook hands with him and he said, you're very sweaty. And I said, yeah. And like then we took dad, a picture. The, weather, the weatherman when he sweat his armpits. You know, I like to think he was a bit, but I think he was actually just calling me sweaty. Um... But rude. Yeah. No, he just said, he said, oh, you're sweaty. And I'm like, yeah. And then we took a picture. Um, <laughs> Did anybody see that movie where he's like a like drug dealer? Um, no. Wait, when did it come out? Is it, doesn't he like, 
Isn't there a movie where he's like a bully and then he drowns to death at the end? Oh, Mean Creek. What? Yeah. Um, His acting like... choices are wild. Oh, and I know what movie you're talking about now, Kira. I forgot about it, but The Wackness. Yeah, I had to yeah, watch I... that for a class for no reason. And I, I really like that movie, actually. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, little yeah, girl. I... Anyways, we're not here to talk about <laughs> the whack. This isn't a whackness pod. Where this is a Max T Keebler pod, apparently. Um, my Can next we talk note. About his love interest. I, I was just getting to that because, like, my next note is literally Josh Peck wants to fuck his teacher, and then under that it says, "Does Josh Peck fuck?" Um, so let's discuss. Does Josh Peck fuck? No, and not Max now does. Josh Peck, but does that Josh Peck fuck? No, but Max, Max does, definitely. Well, Max definitely does. I mean, you know, Max... I literally, I literally have a note written down that says Max Keeble absolutely fucks in all caps. I, I had a note below that said, uh, I think Max Keeble fucks, but I also think he might be saving himself for marriage. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. It's it's, okay. a, it's okay. It's okay, Joe. We uh we forgive you. Um, just don't <laughs> fucking do it again, okay? Um, yes, but sir. I wrote that right underneath backflip and food fight, coolest shit of all time. So, <laughs> um, I I want to talk about how sensual those scenes are with his teacher because like he's straight up getting like horny in class. Like he's like sweating over her. Yeah. And just uh... <laughs> now in the uh, the version I watched, there's a there's a full on graphic sex scene. I don't know if that was uh, that's the TV cut though. So I don't well, know that was the Disney made. XD version of the, mm. of the show. <laughs> that's the Disney Plus version. Yeah. <laughs> They're allowed to do anything on that. There are no censors. Yeah. Um. So. So I think that this like, based off that scene, I wrote like. The only two re- realistic representations of middle school and like pre-adolescence are eighth grade and this. Like those <laughs> are the only two realistic things of like the mindset of being a preteen. Honestly, like fuck big mouth. Like those two are the most realistic. Yeah. Um. And honestly, as much as I love eighth grade, Kayla, she doesn't have. She doesn't hold a candle to like the daily basis of life that Max Keeble represents. Well, I, I think, think that Kayla think and lumping, Max Keeble should date. I think lumping the two together is a big quality gap, you know? It's just... Bo Burnham's a little too um, on the nose with 8th grade is where there's no subtlety, you know? Because I think what I love about this movie the most is there's these themes of, like, <laughs> class divide and, like, the dangers of credit and uh, just really childhood trauma. And I think, you know, 8th grade is just like, oh, I'm insecure, but, like, it's... And it's stupid, you know? You know, I, I, re- I saw an interview with Greta Gerwig for Variety, and she was asked about where she got the inspiration to tackle Classified and Lady Bird. And she was talking about all these different Criterion movies, but she said, you know, the movie that really influenced me was Max Keeble's big move. Um, and I can't she, wait uh, to say that when I'm a filmmaker someday, but, like, unironically. <laughs> I think that was when Lulu Wang was doing a Q&A for The Farewell. She said... Uh, they said they were, they, were, they were congratulating her on the movie and she grabbed the mic and she said, guys, stop. I mean, this movie, it's whatever, but I'll never make anything as good as Max Keeble's big moves. I want to see the third movie after the Boyhood sequel, but the third movie where Max Keeble says bye to Nai Nai. Um... <laughs> and I think, I think um, 
I think Tarantino, as controversial as he is, to change history in Once Upon a Time by making the Max Keebler sequel get greenlit at the end with starring Rick Dalton. I think that was really it's it's this melancholy feeling because you're happy when you're watching it, but then you remember when you leave the theater that that didn't happen, and tragically the Max Keeble sequel never came out. And so. tragically, Max Keeble was killed by the Manson family. You know, I thought that was a very weird. Um, I, I know he likes to change history a lot, but I thought that was a weird choice. Um, it makes me wonder what Tarantino has against Max Keeble, um, but. Yeah, and I think to have Manson himself kill Max Keeble was a bit uh, unnecessary. It was really dark for a Disney movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I really thought it was weird when Rick Dalton was on set for the Cowboy movie, and then McGoogles uh, was his uh, <laughs> acting mate um, <laughs> uh, in the scene, and he had to like keep saying line in front of McGoogles. Um, I, it took me a while to take that scene seriously, but, you know, I, I, I see what Tarantino is going for with it. And scene. Uh, so anyway, that, yeah. I, just bowed, I just bowed down in my room. Uh, I think that was a good transition, though, because my next note is the Magoogles thing, where, um, okay, I gotta say, the whole Magoogles song traumatized mm-hmm. me when I was a kid. It scared me, too. Um... I, it's just all it's been stuck in my head like ever since i was a kid like kira do you have you remembered the lyrics all yeah, these years google's is my name i am uh uh something frog it's time to play a game she with your, still remembers all with your um favorite highland frog yes yeah um this it just creeps me out like even the way the frog i mean i know it's like deliberately creepy but like i don't remember when i was a kid like i think i legitimately had a nightmare about it because I was like, I don't like giant frogs. Um, I remember so was... distinctly, like, baby Troy McGinty saying, like, like, McGoogles is gonna eat me! And then, like, yes. Max Keeble's dad, like, popping out, and he's like, McGoogles ate Max's daddy! <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, funny. You know, we talk about running themes in this movie, and I gotta say, we got, this movie really eloquently tackles um how childhood trauma can affect a person as they grow older and that might make them lash out at others yeah and, his therapy session was very believable mm-hmm. yeah genuinely He's this like, is actually how all my therapy I'm... sessions go but yeah, me same. me with uh tendies like they 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 show me uh when i don't get my tendies oh my god so yeah anyway oh i have another breaking bad crossover um i think i would that... love to hear it I think that Troy McGinty is the Todd from Breaking Bad origin story, personally. Oh my god. He kind of ex- looks like him. That explains so much, like, why he's so sporadic. when Why you... he hates kids. Yes, that, oh my, oh fuck. Oh my god. I think that's the only thing that El Camino was missing. I, I, I felt like it was lacking in one area I couldn't put my finger on. Um, and I think it was that. It's McGregor really was... just a sequel to uh, Max Hebel's Big Move. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, accurate assessment um so yeah so i'm trying to I'm, i don't even know how to transition into this um he gets beat up by mcginley um well not beat up but he gets like thrown in like the trash or whatever mm-hmm. and then he like walks into the assembly smelling like straight ass and just like mm-hmm. oh well, and yeah and just to prep though yeah well he he do be looking pretty fresh 
Um, how about that? The deep fried meme, but he's like uh, Max Keeble in the in the assembly. Not gonna lie, he do be looking kind of fresh though. Uh, can one of our <laughs> viewers please make that? You can make it, and I'll post it. Okay. Well, we do, but he do be do be do though. <laughs> uh. Joe, save that for our Scooby-Doo live-action episode, please. We're gonna cut... Everyone who's listening, forget that I just said that, please. (laughs) Bold of you to assume anyone's listening. Um, (laughs) But it's it's essential that uh, Max made this assembly because uh, the principal said, anyone that doesn't make it... Well, he just basically said, you have to do it, and... I don't know. So he makes it, and he's, like, covered in garbage. And I think the most sporadic thing that the king does in this uh, movie is he takes a shower in the sprinklers outside. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sexual music plays over a lot. Yeah, I thought that was weird considering uh, Dean Lentz's age. But um, definitely... I uh, I mean, he, he, he do be looking pretty clean, though, so... I yeah. literally wrote down Max Keeble in the sprinklers, literally just cool as fuck. <laughs> uh, and then my next note, not to jump too like quick, but um, Orlando Brown in this movie, um, what he be looking pretty fresh in this movie. Um, Dobbs I like has Bitcoin shaking, literally. <laughs> I like how he he has many bullies in this movie, Max Keeble, but they're mm-hmm. all different bullies. Um. Like, none of them are very stereotypical. Yeah, this school's um, he... just bully-topia. Good lord. Yeah. Um, see, when I was in high school, all I had was Joe asking for my lunch money. Um, but this poor Max Keeble has many, many foes. Um, and I like Orlando Brown in this movie. He's the uh, financial advisor to the school. And he has them kind of all on lockdown. But he's also, like, a kid. Yeah, and I think that's, like, the funniest part. And, like, how the uh, teacher asks him... Like she's like confronts him about the lunch money, and then he's like, uh, he says something like, "And how did like the uh, investment go, or whatever?" And then like she just completely forgets about helping out Max. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the brother from That's So Raven, right? Uh, well, it's the it's the love interest. The love interest in That's So Raven. Okay. It's Isn't not. Co- is this Corey is Corey the brother? Yeah, yes. Corey's the brother. Okay. Can you? Joe, I'm not going to make a scene right now, but next time you come on this fucking pod, can you please get your facts together about That's So Raven? Sorry, sorry, sir. It's, it's okay. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So I think he's a pretty compelling villain. Um, and I <laughs> think... This movie, I, has like, this movie has, like, ten different villains, and, like, none of them have, like, any reason to be villains, like... The ice cream man is straight up trying to just murder kids. Like, he's literally trying to, like, run him off the road. Like, all this guy want, like, all Dobbs wants to do is, like, charge kids to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, yeah. There's it's no purpose for any of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for all the bullies you have, you have love interests, too. Uh, like Jenna. <laughs> like Jenna. And my next note is the height difference, which is literally insane in this That's movie. That's amazing. That's what I want in a relationship. This or is like literally Sam life, Rockwell. Honestly. This is literally Sam Rockwell and Allison <laughs> Janney at the Oscars. <laughs> the um, Frances Ha um, quote where she's like, that's what I want out of a relationship. Like, <laughs> honestly. like, that's me right now looking at the height difference between Jenna and Max people. 
And when Jenna sees Max Keeble, she goes, ahoy, sexy. So I think that was a... I think it's a little rude for, that she stole that for Frances Ha without any credit. I mean, like we said, though, Greta Gerwig got the inspiration for Lady Bird and the class divide from Max Keeble. So I think it is her... Uh, I think it. I think she has rights to do that. Yeah, and honestly, I think it works, though, because Jenna... You know, you really believe it for so long that they're going to work out as a long-standing couple. Um, you really feel like that's Max's soulmate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, from the second I find it funny that her theme, like, rather than having a score, is just, like, the first 15 seconds of Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Like, they, like, couldn't get the rights to the rest of the song. Um, yeah, and, that's and just, they like, play, like, theme. five different times throughout yeah. the movie. <laughs> I like they bought, they, they paid for it, and they're like, we're going to use this as much as we can. <laughs> Yeah, you know like how like, you don't download Apple Music, but like you send it to somebody on your phone, and you can only listen like to like the first. Seconds. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. that. That's all I had access yeah. to. Well, if you use like a very small amount of a song, like it's like either not like fair use, but it's like a ton cheaper to get the rights to it. And also, like if there are no lyrics in it, then you don't have to pay for the lyrics. But so. I like to believe this was a stylistic choice because I I think this movie <laughs> had at least a billion dollar budget. So I don't think it was a budget issue. It was personally um, very creatively inspiring to me. I'll say that. Yes. Um, this is how I imagine myself being introduced in every movie. Just with my, movie. my first note about Jenna was when I was a kid, I thought that Jenna was like really hot, but she now looking at her, she just looks like angel mommy seven. Um, that exact line, but in the format of jokers, I used to think, <laughs> <laughs> Jenna was hot, but now I know she's just Angel Money. They have like the same face, the same eyebrows, the same hair, and I don't know if it's just because I've only been watching Angel Mommy Seven as opposed to watching movies for the past like two weeks, but they look exactly the same to me. Yeah. Um <laughs> Joe any thoughts. Angel Mommy follows you, correct? Yeah, she does. She followed me on Twitter for some reason. So Can um, you DM her she... and invite her on yeah, the pod? When is she getting on the pod, Adam? I would love to find out what, like, inspired her. I know she's not a zillennial, but I would love to see what movies influenced her into the creator she is today. Ask her what movies she shows her kids. Um, I think she just shows her them her TikToks. I think they just, like, watch, like, wrestling. You, that seems pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, I so, like she said she shows her kids Mulholland Drive and The Master, so I think she's... Honestly, I can I can see those influences in her TikToks. I wouldn't and, be surprised. And I'm also seeing a Stuart Little too. Um, that's a pretty weird combo, but you know, respect to the queen. Honestly. I think she's above that. I think honestly, to show your kids Taxi Driver and then surfs up immediately after is a real culture shock. I think. Um, actually, I just realized we have to have Joe on for the surfs up episode because we, me and Joe. I don't know if you guys know, but surfs up is me and Joe's life story. Um. I'm Cody and he's Chicken Joe, but mm-hmm. and that's uh, a well, our podcaster Big Z. This is a true story. When I was in middle school, I wrote a spec script for a sequel to Surfs Up called Surfs Up Two, but the S is a two, so it was Turfs Up Two, Surfing the Web, and it was a musical about the dangers of internet predators. So, and we're gonna live read that on the Surfs Up episode. Well, it on was on Patreon my old laptop that was destroyed page. along with the script. Yeah, well. Listeners, if you're li- like Kira just said, if you're listening and you want to read Joe's script, um, I actually took Joe's old laptop mm. and I recovered it and got 
up the PDF. So yeah. right um, above the Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch has a glitch tier, but right below the Snow Day tier, you'll find the Surf's Up tier for $47 a month. I, I did send the script to Warner Brothers, and I was disappointed to see they passed on it in favor of Surf's Up to Wave Mania. So. Yeah, but the good thing is, if you subscribe to our Patreon for this $47 a month tier, you can find Joe's mm-hmm. script um not sure why you want to read it every month to pay 47 dollars a month but you can do that if you want to you know and i'm gonna subscribe to this tier because i want to read it because i haven't read it since middle school joe have you even seen surfs up to wave mania like they might have stolen your script and made it all like big 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 fat liar does big z die (laughs) because big z dies at the end of my script spoilers like it might be a big fat i okay the first time i said (laughs) big fat liar i almost said it would be a big little lies situation um you know what i think if we raise enough money on the patreon i you know i'm gonna say it if we raise five dollars on our patreon page me joe and kira will watch surfs up to uh what's it called again wave mania yeah john cena's in that um he's he's in my heart too it's one of those like wrestling animated movies like they sold the rights to an animated movie to like um wwe um i I heard they're doing that with um the inside out sequel as well was nominated for best picture was it yes (laughs) i mean best animated picture no best no it was just best animated picture but wouldn't that be it deserved a best picture I kind of believed you for a minute. It was, it, I think it was, it was nominated, it was the first, it lost to Shrek, so it was the first I, year. That wait, that was Shrek it. 3? No, Shrek, the first one. Surf's Up is definitely newer. No, Surf's Up was like, nominated against 2008. You know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not really enjoying this, uh... Surf's Up detour? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not really enjoying you messing with us right now, Jim. This is we not a joke. It has to be a joke. These are three completely different years. No, they're the same year. Okay, okay you I know what? I just looked it up, and I am confused. Uh, it lost to Ratatouille, so... Yeah, I was about to say, okay. like... Yeah, that makes sense. Because okay, I was going to say, Surf's I'm like, Up I'm... is better than Ratatouille. I just have to point that, put lay that right, down. bye, Joe. Bye. See you later, Joey. And apparently Surf's Up didn't get nominated for Best Picture, and No Country for Old Men did, whatever that stupid movie is. <laughs> yeah, uh... <laughs> and I need atonement over sir this the economy's worth speaking of animals um there's a <laughs> in this movie there <laughs> there's a petting zoo closing um this is i i like the middle section of this movie because it really shows that everything in max's life is changing and this is very important for any youngster watching this movie you know um that you know change it might be hard but if you if you're like max keeble you can push through um so yeah the petting zoo closing and as soon as he gets home from that and then after like the worst day of school he gets home to find out that he's moving um to what the titular yeah this is the big move to chicago right yeah yeah um and it's I, why does he what's the dad's job again i forgot advertising advertising um yeah i honestly just thought he wore goofy outfits and that's it like that was his entire basis 
of uh, employment. He just gets paid to wear those. He's a freelance lobster. Yeah. Um, you know, Yorgos Lanthimos ghost directed this movie. Um, you can really see it. Yeah, I mean, you can totally see the influence. I mean, some of the camera work, it's very reminiscent of the way he frames shots. Um, mm. So he comes up with the plan to kind of screw up. Fuck shit up. Yeah, fuck shit up, really. I mean, that's the best way to say it. He, I, I like when he like realizes that he doesn't take the test on Friday. He can say whatever the fuck he wants to all the bullies and have like no repercussions. Um, this is honestly me. Um, in high school after, you know, I don't know, like, this is just me in high school, like, realizing that I can do whatever I want. And it's, it's really empowering, I think. And this is Joe, uh, last week on the Critics Podcast, when he realized he didn't want to take my shit anymore. Yeah, and I, I, this was, when I, when I realized I was going to community college, I, I too felt the same way that Max (laughs) Keebler did. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kira... Uh, any mm. thoughts on this section? Like, I mean, like I relate. I would do the same, honestly. Um, I think he has rights. I think that he cared so much about the animals that he really just wanted to help them. I don't understand why there's a monkey at the petting zoo, but he like helped raise the monkey. Um, so I think that's just like his like catalyst for like wanting to like help. Like, I think yeah. monkeys are very two thousand. 2001, 2, and 3 movie trope. Monkeys Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, I, I like... Do you guys remember those movies where, like... Yeah, I know movies. Played sports? I've heard of yeah, that movie. But the movie where the monkey... There's, like, five different movies where the same uh, MVP, most valuable primate. You made me put that on the list for the podcast. Yes. The Excel <laughs> sheet that we have for the potential um, episodes. Will there be an Airbud episode? Um, Maybe. You know, we... We enjoy Airbud, but we prefer Air Buddies. And over Air Buddies, we prefer uh, MVP, Most Valuable Primate, um, in which he played uh, hockey and he skateboarded in the second one. And I think the third one, he did, uh, I want to say, baseball. So we'll definitely be covering that at some point. I literally Um, hate monkeys. They terrify me so much. Hey, no, we don't. (laughs) We don't do that on this pod. We okay. we love we love monkeys, um, and especially knowing. Have you never seen space chimps? <laughs> I no, I haven't, and I'm good on that. I'm Adam good Sa- love. Andy Samberg is in space chimps. I oh, I've seen space chimps at least. Suddenly, I'm times. interested. You know, space I, I like. Came out on my birthday, I think, if I remember correctly. The same day as uh, the Dark Knight, um, and Mamma Mia. Um, Wait, is well, that the Dark Knight? There's one good Knight? movie in that lineup, and no, you guys know what I'm talking about. Well, the Dark Knight came out the same day as Space Chimps, Joe. So you definitely saw Space Chimps over the Dark Knight. Well, um, I remember. Um, no, this didn't come out on my birthday. I lied. <laughs> um, you know, I like Space Chimps, but I'm more of a Space Chimps Two Zartog Strikes Back kind of <laughs> guy. And on that note, uh, we. <laughs> I hate, this. I hate this so much. This is either going to be the best episode or the worst episode. Um, I do know that Herbie Fully Loaded came out on the same day as Batman Begins. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. And Surf's Up came out on the same day as Fantastic Four 2 Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, I remember when uh, opening night for Inception and I took my mom to go see The Sorcerer's Apprentice instead. Oh, good. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> 
don't know. <laughs> that song had the um, what's the the tell me what you want to hear? That had that song in it. That's all I remember about Sorcerer's Apprentice. I thought it was really good when I first saw it. Why did they make this? Why did they? Okay, never mind. We're not gonna get into the Sorcerer's Apprentice on this. Episode. I feel like we need to have two podcasts, Kira. We on the one on a week we need the regular pod where we revisit a movie. And then on B week we have to have Joe on where we just fucking go fair on just the most random shit. The guy who directed um, um, that'll the be like Apprentice did the Meg. Oh good. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, he did the both National Treasures. There's not a third one. That's what the hell is Disney Plus doing? Dragging their feet. What? Um, Disney Plus needs to announce a National Treasure three. Is there uh, any way we can get this back on track? Wait, 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 just... wait, wait. My headphones cut out. Okay. Wait, he did National Treasure? He did... John Turtletab is his name. He did The Meg. He did Last Vegas, the um, Michael Douglas joint. And then he did oh, both good. National Treasure movies. Wow, he has rights. Okay. And, oh, and yeah, okay. He did do The Sor- Sorcerer's Apprentice. And I was saying that Disney Plus should announce a National Treasure 3. They absolutely oh. should. I know somebody, friend of the pod, Patrick. I'm not sure if he listens. Um, hi, Patrick, if you do. He wrote a spec script for National Treasure 3, and he only writes spec scripts for, like, the third movie in a series. Um, so I really hope that that gets picked up, because he's been like, writing for years. personally, he writes these scripts, or he's, like, he works in the industry and he writes scripts? No, he, well, he writes them in hopes that they'll get um, picked up. Have they ever been picked up before? No. So yeah, National uh, Treasure I believe in first him. Big... National Treasure yeah, 3 has National been picked Treasure up. National Treasure 3 is going to be his big break. Um, I believe in him. He's been writing it for a while, I think, or worked on it, like, a while ago. This is actually about Patrick. It's Patrick, comma. Patrick, uh, this is your podcast Big, big break uh, instead of Max Keeble's big move. Um, <laughs> Patrick was big break. <laughs> um, so, attempting to go back in the narrative order of this movie... I love how um, this podcast, we just, like, shout out a random person that we're internet friends with, and they, like, never listen to the episode, so they never know that we don't really talk about them. Um, Travis Dale, if you're listening to this, I want the press seat um, at the next screening for Arctic Dogs and Playing With Fire. Sean, if you're um, listening to this, hi. Um, Travis, I, I just published the Lucy in the Sky review. So, um, Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry about earlier. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Okay. Well, can we talk about, about though the locker prank in this movie where Max plays the Google song on the door or like on the wall against uh, McGinley's locker? Honestly. And- Real king shit. <laughs> Honestly, like he's, I, I don't know, like, and it just makes him go, um, again, like, again, not to overuse the word, but he makes him go fucking feral. And he just, like, the, when he ever he sees that fucking frog, he just can't function. Yeah, he um, sees the frog and he goes real open season two. He, he goes completely <laughs> feral. <laughs> he's, he's off the walls. Boog is Lexus. <laughs> I think I've seen the first open season one of any other movie. <laughs> I had That's my uh, I had my ninth birthday party to see open season. <laughs> <laughs> it was between that or flushed away, and I said, 
tough call, but I think I'll go with open season. Did you go feral at the open season? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Okay. Don't edit this episode at all, please. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Uh, God. I can't even see. Can someone else steer this ship? Because I can't. I can't do it. Are you guys going to do a Rio episode? <laughs> Probably. We haven't done one yet, so. Yeah. Oh, wait. You said Rio? I think you said real. I'm like, Rio. We have not done episode. Like yet. the bird? Yeah, yeah, you know, fun fact: those birds are extinct now. That's fucking sad. No, I, the movie came out not that long ago. <laughs> I think you're thinking of dinosaurs, Adam. They're extinct. Birds are still around. <laughs> okay. Why did you choose? Why did we choose to record this late at night? I'm so tired and I I'm, can't I'm, breathe. I'm, ne- I'm never going to be asked back on this. <laughs> no, this is great. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, can someone else go forward? Because I can't even like see straight. I'm crying, laughing. Oh, you God. guys know that Alex D. Linz was in Bruno? Who was <laughs> 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 in Bruno? Um... There's kind of like a transphobic slur in his um, in his character description on Wikipedia, oh. um, but he plays somebody that has a passion for fashion. I haven't seen Bruno, mm-hmm. but is that's this one of more like Sasha Baron Cohen's Bruno? Yeah, I'm ninety percent sure. Because I'm looking, I, I just googled Alex D. Lynn's yeah. Bruno, and he's in another Bruno movie from two thousand. Um. Um. But he might be in two different Brunos. In Bruno 2000, he literally played Bruno. And maybe... <laughs> I like to think that maybe he was in both Brunos. Um, his last movie was 2007. Oh, no. It it wasn't the Sasha Baron Cohen Bruno. It was the 2000 Bruno. <laughs> Where are you getting passion from with fashion? All I see is... Bruno Bataglia. No, okay. This, okay. It says he's sufficient. This is the plot description. It's also directed by Shirley MacLaine. What the fuck? As it is says, my life. Bruno is sufficiently smarter and stranger than the other kids in his Roman Catholic school that they bully him relentlessly. Undaunted, Bruno insists on wearing a dress during the school uh, spelling bee, not because he wants to be feminine, but rather to feel more comfortable. His estranged dad... Gary Sinise is utterly confused by his son and his mother has troubles of her own. But Bruno finds support from new classmate Shaniqua. I yeah, I wanna watch this movie. We should like blind watch it one day for the pod. Definitely. Um, um try yeah, to relate so it back I to I made a people. mistake, guys. He's not in Sasha Baron Collins uh Bruno. <laughs> this really brought me down from the manic attack I was having. Um, Open season two reference? Yeah, I don't know why that fucking killed me so much, but I think I'm good now. Um, That's good. Can we talk about Max Keeble's big move now? Um, so yeah, like the next thing he does, um, he is targeting Troy 
Like, I like how he opens the jacket the same way Troy opens the jacket. Oh my god, and I know. That's, like, really, like, badass. And just... that That is king shit right there. Yeah, that's... that's a good couple's costume, honestly. Somebody convinced friend of the pod, Sean, to do that with me, because I really want to be uh, Troy McGinty for Halloween, and I want him to be Max Keeble, because he always told me that... And, like, I feel the same way. Like, he is Max Keeble. Like, he just, like, looks and, like, acts like him. And he told me that he used to spike up his hair to look like him when he was a kid. I, I feel like friend of the pod Mia wouldn't do it. So, Joe, do you want to do a couple's costume with me this Halloween? Where we um, are Troy yeah. and Max Keeble? I think, actually, um, I want to be um, the squirrel. And then I think you should be the principal. And I can jump into your suit and crawl around. <laughs> As Good. you do often. Yeah, um, I mean, no one would tell we were dressed up. It would just be like, oh, Joe's doing his thing again. <laughs> That's like another 2000s trope is like just like animals going feral on a person. Animals going open season two on Like, r- remember yeah. Furry Vengeance? <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> just Brendan Fraser getting the shit kicked out of him by like animals. You know, I think a lot about the scene in... um. How do they film the scene in Parent Trap where the lizard crawls into her mouth? <laughs> I I would always look away as a kid. Like, I would watch that movie, like, once a week, and I would always look away or, like, gag if I saw that. That scared me. Wait, speaking of Parent Trap, have you guys seen that, like, Dennis Quaid is marrying a girl that's, like, the same age as, like, the girl that, like, Meredith in The Parent Trap? Like, she's, like, 26. Yeah, she's, like, only a few years older than us, which is wild. It makes yeah. me kind of jealous that I, did, yeah. I didn't get on to Dennis Quaid first. Yeah, you could have. I mean, it's inspiring to think that I could marry Dennis Quaid one day. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll all marry Dennis Quaid together. Ever since I when saw we... The Intruder, I just... Ever since I saw Yours, Mine, and Ours, I was <laughs> like, I want him to be mine, mine, and mine. Ever since I saw Frequency, I, to... I knew the Dennis Quaid. I want him Quaid. to be the father of my 18 children. <laughs> I want to make, doesn't yeah, Adam took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Remember John and Kate plus eight? That was a show just about a white family. Can we it's do it? They were episode. Asian, Joe. They were? Well, no, Kate is not Asian. I thought he was Hawaiian, if I remember correctly. Stop. Is he? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, everybody. No. Anyway. That's a millennial TV show, though, honestly. I used to watch that every single week when I was Yo, I watched it, like, every Friday with my mom. Yeah. She would, like, DVR it, and that would be, like, our Friday tradition. Yeah. There's a lot of drama now, though. Like, all the kids live with John. I mean, like, like, the older kids live with John, the younger kids live with... Yeah, it's honestly a mess, and they talk shit about each other on tabloids and shit. John also, he DJs at his local Chili's. This is not a bit. This is not a joke. He does. (laughs) I mean, me and Joe do that every Wednesday night, so it's not it's not too shameful. Didn't he cheat on her? Yeah, he's also a DJ now. You know, speaking of drama, um, there we should talk about the food fight scene. In I think Google. we should too. Um, <laughs> um, I put in my notes, and I don't regret the wording. The most epic food fight scene of all time. Um, I've always I, wanted to have a food fight because of this movie. I've had one food fight in my life, um, and it was very disappointing in re- like in reflection to this movie. Um, this movie has, I mean, there's like a lot of kids' movies that have food fights, but this can we all agree this has the best one of all time? Um, the way they like um, use instruments. Well, there's in a life. Victorious episode with a pretty good food fight. I love Victorious. 
Mm-hmm. I was watching clips from Victorious this morning for no reason. Just like I couldn't go hey, back to sleep, so I just went on YouTube uh, and watched Victorious clips. Kira, I'm gonna have to fact check you. Uh, John DJ's at TGI Fridays. Oh shit! But me and Joe do that on Thursdays, so it's okay. Thank God it's a, Thursday. He's a prep cook for the rest of the the week. At TGI Fridays. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Well, and at Outback him. Steakhouse on the weekends. Ugh, good, good for him. But can he, we all he agree that onion? Can we all agree this is maybe the best food fight of all time, other than the food fight, the movie? Um, yeah, I agree. I, I I co-sign that. How about you, Joe? I think I'm gonna have to um, agree with you on this one, Adam. Okay, because I think the real cherry on top is when the monkey comes in and smashes the principal's face in the mashed potatoes. Oh, I agree. Um, I've I still dream about having a food fight like the one in this movie. It just, it, I just want to be in. You know, I would love to see uh, Christopher Nolan shoot this scene like he shot Dunkirk. Um, just like you're in the moment with them, physically, just there. It's moving like I know them. 1917 looks pretty good, but I don't think it'll pop the immersion scene. No, I mean, I would love to see Sam Mendes and Christopher Nolan tackle um, Max Keeble, but only the food fight, um, and just like a 90 minute movie of following a soldier through the cafeteria um so yeah uh (laughs) um i don't even know where to go with this um um, john was actually (laughs) he's korean and he was raised in hawaii actually really yeah i see i I knew he was at least hawaii i knew he 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 helmed what's the word i'm thinking of he hailed from Hawaii. He hailed from Hawaii. That's the exact word. I, was I know that like they do a lot of like um, Hawaiian like cultural things in the show, but he is um, a second generation Korean American and he was raised in Hawaii, so I'm sure he like identifies with the Hawaiian culture, like the Polynesian culture. But good for him, diverse yeah. king. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the, this welcome episode. back to the John and Kate oh, plus eight podcast. <laughs> How long have we been recording for? Probably like an hour. At <laughs> an this hour point. and ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I don't have anything else to say about Max. Ke- I was about to say about Breaking Bad. Oh my god, I don't have anything else to say about Max Keeble's big move. Should I just rapid fire my notes real quick? Yeah, yeah. please. We did El Camino for John and Kate Plus Eight. Um. <laughs> Do we even keep talking about Max Keeble at this point? I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, Adam, it's... what are your last few, mo- few notes that you didn't get to read, please? <laughs> um, everyone sang Keeble in unison gave me chills. Um, the party at the diner with Jenna and Little Romeo looks lit AF. Oh, that's like hot, honestly. Yeah. Um, the fact that he forgot his going away party with his friends is actually big sad uh not actually moving dad in big cheese costume um (laughs) and then under that i said i wonder if the actor who plays the dad is was proud of his career choices at that moment as he stood there in the cheese costume absolutely um Max has to pretend he isn't at school. The consequences of everything he has done are still in motion with the looming dread behind him. Hmm. Uh, Keeble on the announcements is kind of funny uh, and sweet. Uh, The big rally at the end is epic AF. Uh, He rides an ostrich 
and then an abrupt ending, much like this pod. We're... Okay, slow down there, Roger Ebert. <laughs> well, you told me to rapid fire through. <laughs> <laughs> um, so John and K plus eight. I think really that that show was as successful as it was because it was an inside look into a modern American family. And on that note, Joe, do you have anything you want to plug? Um. Uh. The Critics Podcast. You could check it out. What's that? Um, it's some bullshit piece of I've never, shit podcast. I've never. Should I listen to it? No. Um, only it's a Switzerland. It's really popular in Switzerland. Um, yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Uh, um, you can. I'm single, him. so if anyone's interested. We made yeah. Joe a Tinder account when we saw Hobbs and Shaw, but I don't think he's used it. Did you? Um, I don't remember. We had a lot of White Claws that night, so maybe you just don't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, this episode's also sponsored by White Claw. I think I've name-dropped them at least ten times tonight. Oh, my God, I wish. I Listen, like, I, Mr. White Claw, um, if you're listening. Mr. Claw, if you're listening. <laughs> he says, no, Mr. Claw was my dad's name. Call me White. <laughs> uh <laughs> If you're listening, please sponsor us and uh, this... let us, like, show for you. We'd I think the that. dream sponsor would be Gushers. I think I would love to have Gushers uh, sponsor sponsor me. So. Well, the cool thing about Gushers is you're always gushing about movies on the Critics Podcast, so. Wow. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Adam J. Storius. Um, you can find me watching Hoot alone in my bedroom after this episode's done recording and you can find me uh watching john and k plus eight with my mom every friday and you can always find me at k-y-r-k-a-u on twitter and i'll be hiding in adam's bushes watching john and k plus eight through the window all right yeah thanks for listening guys that was a trip all right Bye. That was our best episode. Bye. Yeah. This is Bye. my soundbite for the Zillennial Canon. I would like to say that I grew up watching Max Keeble's Big Move a lot as a kid. And it was always on television. And I never understood why. Well, it was a DCOM movie. Anyways... But the frog shit really fucked me up. Like, really fucked me up. I think about it all the goddamn time. At work, we were taking out all the Halloween costumes. And I saw the fucking frog costume. And I automatically thought of that frog scene. What the fuck? What the fuck was that shit?